From an Architect to a People Leader with Damon Abruzier, episode 93. Welcome back, my friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets out there. We have another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where zigabytes are faster than those gigabytes. Hey, we strive to provide real-world context around technology. What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great today. Zig Ziga here, and welcome to episode 93. We're getting closer to episode 100. Just a couple more, and we'll be at episode 100. And again, that's of the Zigbits and Network Design Podcast. Once again, my name is Zig Ziga, and I'm here to help you with network engineering, network design, and network architectures. And today, we are discussing, we're actually going to highlight how my good friend, Damon Abruzier went from being an architect, a leading architect, to a people leader. Helping me today is my good friend, well-known industry expert, Damon Abruzier. This is going to be a similar show theme as our Demystifying Role series. But again, we're going to highlight the transition that Damon has gone through from being a leading security architect to a leader of people in his new leadership role. So some of you might resonate with that. Maybe you're you're in that role. Maybe you're already in that architect position, or maybe you're junior or a kind of mid-tier network engineering role. And maybe you're realizing that maybe you want to be a people leader, right? Maybe you want to lead people versus being on the technology front. Maybe you don't want to learn every day anymore. Well, this show is for you. Hey, real quick, we had some logistical issues when recording this conversation. Specifically, like I like to be transparent as always, specifically, the internet was just not our friend on this day. It was not our friend. We were not friends on on this day. So because of this, Damon is actually in a Starbucks for this recording. I did my, my best to take out the background noise, but there is still some there. We felt that the conversation we had is so important and so impactful that we wanted to share it with you. We wanted to release it even with some of the background noise there in this episode. We sincerely hope you enjoy. Hey, Damon, thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate it, buddy. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great, Zig. Uh, appreciate the invite and uh, looking forward to the discussion, man. Yeah, I'm extremely excited because this is something I think a lot of people in this industry have this question or have this this goal or this thought. And so uh, just to kind of set the stage real quick, um, we're going to talk about how how going from maybe a technical role or an architect role and kind of transitioning into that kind of director or management or leadership role. And that's kind of the gist of today's, uh, you know, conversation, a little different than we normally do. We're more highly technical and design focused. But, you know, the whole point here is really to understand what are the paths for you as a network engineer, network designer, network architect, where do you go forward? So Damon's here with me today. He's going to help me uh, answer some of these questions, kind of paint that picture since he's recently just made that transition. And before we do, I'm going to give Damon a chance to just kind of introduce himself. So Damon, give a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, uh, maybe a you know Cliff, Cliff Notes version, maybe a couple minutes, uh, and then we'll jump into the topic at hand. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll try to keep it somewhat brief. <laughs> you know, after, after 23 years, man, you kind of, you kind of build up the, the background. So yeah, currently right now I work for Cisco. I'm a um, delivery leader for our public sector organization. Um, one of our military customers that I support, um, have a team of people, uh, that I am a people leader for that I manage and, um, lead, uh, as we do our deliveries uh, for our customers. So Previous to that, right, 23 years, man, I've been doing this a long time. Um, got out of college back in 98. Of course, in college, I was doing some technical stuff just as a college kid would, trying to make some money, right? Um, fixing computers and, and doing other things, right? So started out um, network engineering, network uh, delivery for, actually, it was a, a, a bigger company back in the day. It was EDS, but we did some work with uh, uh, the military and, and whatnot, so I've been involved with DOD and all the three-letter agencies up in Northern Virginia and D.C. for the better part of 23 years, right? Um, through that, I've been a network architect, network engineer. Um, I've served as a, a security architect for several programs, including the F-35 um, training system that we did um, previous to that, or right after that, rather. Um, worked overseas in Europe um, for uh, two of our combatant commands was a network uh, engineer and a lead uh, ran a knock with about 28 people helped develop a sock um, so the, the bulk of my background has been mostly in security network security um, 
more recently, uh, I was a security architect before I took this role where I'm at now. Um, and as you know, right, so I, I did a lot of um, uh, business mapping and, and, and uh, really worked with customers to develop their short, medium, and long-term planning when it came to cybersecurity uh, products. And specifically, I kind of became a, I guess what you would consider an ICE expert at the time, but uh, now there's so many people doing it. They've They've gone way past me at this point. So. Same here, man. <laughs> I, I same here. Yeah. So, so I'm here now, man. I, you know, I, I, in addition to Cisco, I do a lot of other things. I'm an adjunct professor at uh, James Madison University. I'm, I'm into scouting. I do. Uh, wow. I'm even a high high school golf coach. So I, some people say I'm a little crazy. I do a lot of things, but uh, I'm very passionate about the IT business and, and what I've done over the last you know two decades. Uh, and I'm looking forward to see where it's going to take me. Um, in the future, you know, in a big portion of that is what we're going to talk about today. No, this is great. Thanks, Damon. I appreciate it, man. Um, and we work together. So everyone knows that uh, in our day jobs, <laughs> Damon and I work together. We've done some stuff over the over the years. Um, and that's how we met. But so so real quick, you know, Damon has come from a very technical background, um, hands on uh, leading technical staff, um, being an architect, uh, security go-to resource, SME, so a whole bunch of technical things, right? So, um, you know, I'm just going to jump in, Damon. You know, what what are you what are we focusing on now, right? When you transition from an architect type position or that technical type position um, into that that leadership role, that people leader, if you will, um, what are you focusing on now? Man, I'll tell you, um, there's a lot of pieces to pick apart, but in general, right? It's it's really um, whatever it takes for me to make other people successful. And I really, really, um, it's been kind of a passion of mine, right? So I it, go back to my undergrad in college and I was, in, I was supposed to be a high school teacher, right? I had an education degree, technology education. I've always enjoyed teaching. I've always enjoyed helping people. But over the years, you know, you know, um, starting out, you build up your, what we would call our IQ, right? Our intelligence. And that's kind of the, the mode that I've always kind of thought of. You spend years and years learning all this stuff. I'm studying for all these certs. I'm trying to get my CCIE. I'm trying to, you know, I do everything I can to learn all this stuff. Well, at some point, I'd say about 10 years ago, and I did get into a leadership role in another company. Um, I started to make that transition. Well, I want to take what I know and start teaching it to other people and making them successful. And really, I do a lot now of trying to remember what I did before and putting myself in the individual contributor's shoes, the engineer's shoes, and trying to figure out what it was that made me successful. And, and for, you know, there's, you know, I've, I've been successful. I've also had my failures. Um, and as much as you want to try to help people not fail, at some point you try to guide them through what it's going to take. So, you know, for me right now, my focus is literally trying to figure out how to translate what I did before to this new leadership expectation and what they're looking to get out of me. And, I, and I've had some great leaders in my, my past, man. I've had some managers um, and leaders that I've worked for that I've pulled a lot from and didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. Right. So now I'm kind of, I'm still processing a lot of, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm now starting to repeat, you know, what this guy told me or, or this other person. told. it's almost like when you figure out how close you are with your parents um, and you start repeating things that your dad said to you yep. when you were younger. Yep. <laughs> you become your dad, right? You, you don't realize it, but it's yeah. like over time you become your dad, but it's the same thing. You become the leaders that have led you, those good leaders. And, and I like to, you probably merge the things that you like between those leaders. You have really good leaders and you can merge some of those leadership characteristics and those examples. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not even like they tell you how to do something. They're doing it for Like they're doing it. And that just the act of doing is like, Oh, that's how you lead, right? That's how you effectively lead. And that's what's critical. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I mean, we're going to have a real conversation today, right? I, I, I wasn't always the easiest person to, to lead because I was very independent. Um, and I'm still kind of that way, right? I always want to do things myself. I didn't want people to rely, or I didn't want to rely on other people. Um, but at the same time, you sort of learn where you can, where it's acceptable to, to start asking questions and to start asking for help, right? Um, and I, for better or worse, I needed to do that over time. So I know where I failed and I know where I made mistakes. Not that everybody's going to do that, but that's my personality. Right. So now I'm, I'm a lot more, um, empathetic is probably the best word to use. Empathy is a huge portion of, of my day-to-day -day mantra, if you will, in, in addition to integrity. Right. So I've always treated everything with integrity. Uh, anytime I put a document out, I knew I crossed the T's and dot the I's. If my name goes on it, there's a lot of pride there, right? 
Um, and I really just want to instill that into the people that, that rely on me now, right? It's not, I don't see myself, I really do make a distinction between a manager and a leader. I'm not managing people. I hate that. I don't even like that concept because I'm not trying to manage another person. I'm trying to guide them and lead them to their own path because they're going to have an, their own way of successfully getting through their career. At some point, they may have the aspirations to be a people leader or to be a director or to run a company. Whatever that is, I want to help them get there, right? So um, I, I really do believe in a lot of those those, those things uh, when it comes to the emotional intelligence side of the house, right? Um, and I'm trying to put those in play now um, with the folks that, that do rely on me. So I think there's there's a couple of things. There's you know, there's the definition or the difference between what a boss slash manager is and then what a true leader is. And so there's that aspect, um, which I think it'd be good to define that because I think there are two different things. A boss manager is very different than an actual leader. What, what, how would you define that? Oh, wow. Um, I, you know, I have to be honest. I do put you on the spot. A lot of, uh, put you yeah, on the spot. Totally I don't, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have a great answer for it because I pull from so many different people, kind of to your point earlier. <laughs> Some of those resources are, I tend to listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, admittedly, I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan, yep, and same. I know a lot of a lot of people follow him. And um, But I also listen to, it, and I'm going to say it, some people aren't a fan, but uh, you know, I listen to Tony Robbins and uh, Dean Graziosi and, and Ray Dalio um, and even Damon John, right? Some you know, yep. the Shark Tank guys, right? So I listen to a lot of influences. Believe it or not, you can actually learn a lot from 50 Cent if you, if you listen to his books. Um <laughs> and I know people are kind of like, what, what is this guy talking about? But honestly, I, and that's really what I do is I take a lot from individual people. I mean, you know, you listen to Trevor Noah talk about how he was brought up. The way he brought was brought up, he pulled in a lot of influences down in South Africa to what he's doing now. And he's a comedian, right? So people, they don't make the relationship. But he's leading a group of people. If you guys have followed him, if anybody's followed him in the last couple of years, into being that, you know, of course they get into a lot of politics, so we're not going to get into that, but he's a leader in terms of influencing people to think for themselves and to be able to take action and things like that. Right. So, so back to your question, right. A manager and a boss is someone who, who really is about themselves in my opinion. Um, and they want to dictate us or be very prescriptive in the way that they're handling their business because a lot of those folks want that control. Um, and it's not always a negative thing, by the way. Some people are very successful at it and they can do it, but they're very, uh, in terms of what Simon would say, it's a very finite thinking, right? It's not, mm -hmm. it's not something that you expand past. What am I going to do in the future? And how am I helping other people? A leader is someone who sets the example. A leader is someone who, uh, doesn't necessarily ask others to do things. They, they make it determined. People rely on them and look at them as the example. And then they provide that leadership and, and it's not about, I'll get in it. I'll give some examples, right? I know I'm a little all over the place, but I'll have um, some folks ask me some questions. Hey, how should I handle this? Or how should I handle that? Well, I've learned now a manager would just say, go do it this way, right? X, Y, and Z, very, very prescriptive. A leader would be like, hey, have you thought about executing in this manner to get them to think about it? Because nine times out of 10, you'll find that the individual will come up with the answer themselves. And they know they already know the process. They just want someone to confirm that that's what they're thinking about, right? Um, and at times, maybe they don't know the answer, but you've given them enough to kind of food for thought. Let me think about what he just asked me, right? To lead them down that path. And then once their brain starts kicking in, they figure it out themselves anyway. And all you did was become the catalyst. Well, right? so you give them the ability to realize that they can figure it out, right? Like they can exactly that the analytics part of their brain, and, and then they can weigh the pros and cons and, and make the right decision or at least make a decision on their own and then learn from it too. I mean, it's all, right. and then they don't have to come to you either every time when they have a question, exactly. right? Because they can be like, Hey, I did, I figured this out last time. Now I can figure it out moving forward. It's like the whole teach someone how to fish versus giving them a fish, mm -hmm. for a day, right? Like it's, that's what you're yeah. doing. You're, you're literally teaching them how, how to do this. And that, that's awesome. I like, yeah, that's a great yeah. definition. Yeah, exactly. And again, like I said, it's not a single definition. There's other aspects to it, right? And, and again, I could probably go all over the place, but I just think it's really important, right, to set that example, to be the leader, to, to put them in a good position. I would rather see the folks that work with me. See, I, I always, that's another thing. I'm very keen on words. When people say my people, or they say my team, or they say the people that work for me, 
that's very myopic and I don't I don't have that attitude. I, I'm very careful and I'm sure I've said it before. It's not that I'm without fault, but my mantra is and my attitude is we're on a team. I just happen to be the person that has to, to be out front, right? Um, and I'm the one. And at times I'm not out front and I know when to back off and I let the other people shine. And I, it doesn't hurt me to make them look good, right? That's a That was a big thing that some um, army um, – uh, GS14 taught me one day when I was <laughs> working for one of our customers, you know, it doesn't hurt you to make them look good. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be the guy shining. I don't have to be the one in front of the, the you know, limelight. I'll let other people do it. Now at Cisco, you know, very well in any other company, there's a lot of companies. Um, we hire great people. There's a lot of smart people. There's a lot of intelligent people. Um, you just got to figure out ways to let them shine, yep. let them find their own path. Right. And I'm, I'm wholeheartedly about that. I don't want the glory. I don't want the fame. I don't want, you know, all the accolades. I'd rather someone else get it, you know, but to me, that's what determines success. If I'm able to put that person in that position or help them elevate themselves, that that's success to me. Man. Yeah. Um, I really do believe that. Yep. So that, that's awesome. Right. I love that. Um, I learned something when I was uh, in the Marine Corps, I saw a, a leader, um, and for for people reference, is like a it's probably like a, sta- a staff sergeant or a gunnery sergeant, and um, he knew nothing about IT, and I was in IT, and he knew nothing about IT, and I watched him lead once, um, and, and even though he didn't know anything about IT, he knew the people that that could do the job like he knew who mm-hmm. was good at certain things so like for the references like a firewall person or you know your general route switch or your collaboration or whatever technology you want to throw in there right he knew the people that knew the the technology and he knew that they would get it done and so he he led that way he didn't need to know mm-hmm. tech, you know he didn't need to know the ones and zeros like we do he was a leader a true leader and he was able to be like okay no you you I'll step back you go ahead and you know get the job done on the firewalls or or whatever the you know the the case might be and then he would come back and lead again right and he would always highlight the team and that was like years ago for me and that was a huge example of you know, true leadership, right? Like, I mean, right. he didn't even know the job. Like, I think that was huge. So for us in this field, like we know the job, right? We know the architecture, we know, you know, like, you know, knack or whatever the, the solution is. And I find these days it's hard for me to kind of let, let it go. Right. It's hard for me to not step in. Right. And, and take over. Right. And I have that, I have a personality issue for me. Like, I want to take over. Right. Like if I'm on a call with someone, I want to jump in and I'm like, nope, nope. I got to pump the brakes. I got to let you know, let them you know, do their thing. You know what's right? funny about you know what's funny about that? I just had someone ask me, and I've only been in this role for about ninety days, about three months. And they said, "What's been the hardest thing so far?" I said, "Keeping my mouth shut in meetings." You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Because <laughs> it, it it really is true. Because there are times when something comes up, especially when it's security related. Right? My my brain still mm-hmm. is is tweaked that way. Um, I know who to talk to. I, I know in the company, I know who I would go to. Let's put it that way. I know who I would ask. I know where I would go for information. I know where I would, and for me, I'm just like, okay, Damon, keep your mouth shut. Just let them figure it out. And then if they don't get to that point, then offer up, Hey, have you considered talking to such and such? So yeah, that's, that's been, the, you know, back to the original you know question you asked about the transition. That's been one of the biggest things. Yeah. So I have a question here about traps, right? Like, is that one of the traps you can fall into? I mean, you're you're going from a technical role to a non-technical role, but you still have that technical expertise. So yeah. I know for me, that's a trap I fall into. Like, I want to I want to help, right? And and I want to solve the solution. I want to find the solution and solve the problem, right? And so, like, I want if I'm in a, a conversation with someone, I have to like legit like stop talking, let them work through their thought processes, try things and figure it out. Um, is that a trap for you? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Is there any oh, yeah. other traps? <laughs> any other traps? Oh, wow. Um, well, let's be honest. Once you get into a leadership position, then you, you're part of different discussions in different meetings, right? Um, when you're an engineer trying to come up with solutions, you're kind of an idea fairy, right? Yeah, you, you, you know, we always want to think of all of the different aspects, you know, all the different angles, and then try to choose the best course of action, right? So we'll we'll come up with our priority list, right? We'll do the top three, if you will. 
Um, we could solve it this way, this way, this way. And they all have their balance, right? It's kind of like project management. you got cost, schedule, and quality, right? It's the triangle. Um, and you have to balance that when you're talking about doing architectures and, and solutions, um, which is ingrained in my head and your head and, and everybody that does our job. But now as a leader, you're in different meetings. So becoming an idea fairy may, may or may not work in your benefit because now that you've mentioned it and you're using that engineering tactic, all of a sudden you get signed up to do something, mm-hmm. which is okay most of the time, right? Because we still have to worry about our personal brand and exposure and things like that. But now you get signed up to do something, you have to solve that problem. And it's not a technical problem anymore. It's a people problem or it's a organizational problem. Um, which all excites me, by the way. I don't mind it at all. But it is kind of a trap because you always want to come up with a solution for everything, but you can't tackle everything. That's why we have the group of people. We have all the leadership that we have, um, especially on the management side of the house, the people leadership side of the house. Because there's a lot of people that need to solve a lot of problems. But the trap you get into as an engineer is that you overthink everything and you think you have a quick answer for everything. And then all of a sudden, well, we, we need to we need to drive that down to you know, a solution. So. You know, you might find yourself uh, leading a a uh, separate effort that you didn't, you weren't expecting. Which sometimes it can be good, and other times just when it comes time management becomes a problem. Let's I was going to say way. you end up getting so much on your plate, can you actually get anything done? Right? Like you're you're so busy now with all these other things, it's almost like you're you're trying to be that individual contributor still, and you can't. Well, right? And then I'm back. Right, I'm back to being an engineer again because what yep. happens when you're an engineer and architect? You get a lot of stuff thrown in your plate. Yep. You get a lot of projects. And then what do you have to do? You got to take the list of them. You got to prioritize them based on whatever the reason, schedule or difficulty or, you know, your ability to get it done. And you work your way top down. At least that was my approach. Um, I'm in the same boat now. It's just not all technical stuff. Now it's all these other issues and problems that we need to solve. So um, it probably is a trap, but it, it's still something that, that people have to work on. And they make that transition. That doesn't change. So what did I do before and how did I solve it? And how can I translate that to these new problems, right? Yeah, the problems are just a little different, right? So it, it's it's not a, a technical problem anymore. It, it's um, a, a team problem or an organizational uh, initiative or, or it's just a different um, problem statement. And, and now the team has to solve it. And I think that's probably a big lesson learned, at least for me, is – you know, you're not doing it all by yourself, right? Like, and you can't, right? You you can't do it all by yourself. So it's not that you're not doing it by yourself. You literally can't. If you are trying to do it by yourself, you're going to work 80, 90 hours a week. I mean, that's, right. it's just too much. So you have a team yeah. for a purpose, right? You have the team for a reason. Um, so, so those are some traps. I just wanted to, I wanted to highlight some traps, right? Some of those things, those gotchas, those things that, that like, well, you, if you're going to do this transition, right, if you are listening today and, and you're going to make that transition for yourself, you know, here's some traps that you could fall into, right? Um, what is and one the great of, part is, by the way, well, great part about that is you're probably already experiencing them. Yeah. You just have to learn how to translate them. That's yeah, all. <laughs> ex- exactly, right? You just got to tweak a little, right? You got to adapt yeah, right. just a little. Um, sure. So here's a question for you, right? And this is, again, this isn't scripted. Like, ever, I don't script things, really. So, um what is one of the reasons to make this transition? Like what, I mean, maybe you can go some of your examples or maybe just generalize if you want, like either way, but like, what are some of the reasons to make this transition from an architecture technical role to a, a, um, leader, if you will? Sure. Um, there's probably some good and not so good reasons for different people. People have, yeah, everyone's got their own motivations. Um, I'll start with mine, right? I've always been the type of person that wanted to lead people. Like I mentioned, right. I just, I've just enjoyed it. In order for me to have the greatest effect across the entire organization, right? Um, it was cool to be a team, like say a team lead or a technical lead for four or five people. I was a captain for a team, worked out great, I had fun, um, had a great group of guys, uh, and actually a lady that I worked with, um, and it was it was great, and we learned a lot from each other. But I, I'm always itching to find that okay, how can I do more? So I started getting involved in more, um, and then I started looking at really the you know, what's your perspective? You know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm, you know, I'm almost 45 years old. I've been doing this for a while. And at some point I want to retire, right? Or I want to stop doing this work. And, and I know I'm, it's not, you know, for me, my motivation is I don't want to retire like my father because he was 72 years old or 71 years old when he retired. Um, worked for him, yeah. right? But that's not something I want. So 
what do I want to do until I reach that point? That's a legitimate reason for people to start questioning where they're at in their career. Um, so I had spent 18, 19, 20 years working my way up technically and I busted my butt trying to keep up with the technology and, and it takes a lot of energy. Um, along the way I had two kids, got married and I'm moving around the world. Um, you know, at some point you get a little worn out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a lot of responsibility too, right? You got other responsibilities outside of work, right? Family yep. and whatnot. You mentioned kids and moving around. But then like, I mean, yep. I've been saying this for a while. I mean, if you're in this field and you're a technical person, you got to prepare to learn something new every day. I mean, you got to, right. if you're not keeping up, I mean, you're going to be lost, right? Like it's changing so behind. fast. And so you have to literally keep up with the changes on a daily, if not well, weekly at a minimum, but daily is really more, more probably realistic these days. Things just change so fast. And and we yep. can't, like even for any technical decisions or any technical designs or anything like that, we have to know what's leading the way and how we, how we account for that. And um, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say for everyone else that's listening is that at some point you have to make that decision that if you're in this field, are you okay with learning something new every single day for the rest of your career? Because that's what you're going to have to do. Well, remember though, too, it's, it, you know, that it is a decision, right? It's what you're going to learn. Yes. Because I will tell you for sure right now, I am still learning every single day, but I enjoy that. Like it's just a different learning. It's a different aspect. It's not the ones and zeros. I mean, think about it. Did you ever think 15 years ago, whatever it was you got into the field, we're doing route switch stuff and we're learning about OSPF and EIGRP and we're doing layer two switching and things like that. We still have that, but that's considered like the foundation. Mm -hmm. it's just, that's just a starter. And now we're talking about, you have to know Python. You got to be into DevNet. You're doing automation tactics, things like that. Um, Cloud. Scripting. Um, I don't think, you know, when you said scripting to me, when I was in college, you had, to, you were, you were expected to be a programmer, right? You're going to be a software guy. Um, so anyway, the world keeps changing and it's progressing and it's just getting more complicated. At the same time, some things have gotten easier, right? Um, but yeah. you have to really ask yourself again, back to your point, do you want to continue putting an effort into something like that? For me, um, I still enjoy it. I love it. I still love technology. I'm not passionate about it like I used to be, to be honest with you. I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about moving that forward and, and getting them um, to, to make their own way, right? So my motivation's changed, um, and, and that's just for me personally. But has the learning stopped? Absolutely not. I've just opened a whole new book of things I never did before. Yeah, you're right? still learning, right? You're just learning different things, Absolutely. right? I, I got gotcha. you. Yep. That's a good lesson yep. there, right? You're going to learn no matter what. I, I hear that. You're just learning different things. Um, yep. So, So I want to – it sounds like, like for everyone that's listening, you just have to have a goal in mind. Like, what is your end goal, right? And work back from that. Like, what do you want to be so. doing, you know, for your career? Um, and then have the have the steps, almost like a journey. And, and you know, what are those steps to get from here to there? And 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 then be okay with those steps, right? What does that mean for you, uh, for your career and your life? Um, and what are you going to have to do to achieve that, that goal, right? That end goal. So um, I think that's great. And let's, let's not dismiss the people who don't want to change. Yeah, right? and I don't. I, and I, I totally, <laughs> right. I, I totally want to respect that right, too. Cause I do have people um, that I, I mentor today that, and they're like, I don't want to manage people. I don't like doing it. I want to stay technical. And that's how I see my career. And I'm like, you know what? Great. That's perfect. I want you on my team because I know you're dedicated to it <laughs> and I know you're going to do a good job. No, honestly. Right. I mean, I'm not prepping you to be a people leader. I'm prepping you to continue driving that learning, that technical aspect, mm -hmm. working on your next CCIE, your next DevNet certification, your next customer that brings you a new challenge. Some people thrive off that. Um, so anyway, yeah, I just want to make sure that I know you got a lot of different listeners and some of them are probably like, well, I don't, I don't want to change. Like, I don't care what Damon says. Like, you know, he wanted to do that, but at the same time, um, fully respecting what that is. And I, and I want to give credence to that as well too. No, that's great because you're right. Not everyone's going to want to make that change. Right. I don't, I don't. Right. And that's nothing against being a people leader. Um, I still want to be technical, but even in my role today, and I, I I'm an, I'm an architect today and, um, at Cisco and, and 
I'm less hands-on than I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, I, I have a hard time finding the time to get in the command line and, and lab things out, right? I, I'm, for, I'm finding, I'm spending more time talking to business leaders about their business initiatives and, and making them successful. Uh, and then, you know, assigning capabilities towards that today. And what that really correlates from me is I'm spending more time in presentations and PowerPoints and, and Word documents than I am actually on the command line and building solutions out. So it's kind of a different transition, even from an architecture level. It's you kind of you focus on other things, right? You, you focus on other things. And so I would love to stay technical and, and, and lab things out every day. And if I don't force myself to do it, I won't do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to do it because there's a need at work. It, it's more of a, I do it because I love it. And so I'm the kind of person that wakes up at four in the morning and labs for three hours, you know, because I, I want to stay proficient, man. I want to, you know, I want to do SD-WAN and, and do some sort of soft fine data center, right? And and figure out how zero trust truly can work, right? All these things. Um, because for me as an architect, and this is a little different than the show, show topic, right? But as an architect, I do better talking about these things if I know how it works. Like if I know that I've gotten it to work and I can be like, yeah, this is how it works. Like, and I did it last week, you know, I did it last week. This is exactly how you do it. Um, yeah. That's my, 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 my soapbox. You know, you know what, that's, that's a great point. And, and for those that are listening to that step, right. And, and going back to the original kind of focus, right. It, what was the transition? I was, I, I was an engineer doing all the hands-on stuff, the CLIs, the GUIs, all that stuff, configurations, software, doing scripting, everything I could. When I moved into that architect role, right. Several years ago, I did do that transition. And I was doing the same thing you're doing now. Yeah. Um, I, I would still do the upgrades in ICE just so I knew what the process was. I knew what, what worked and what didn't work. Because if I'm in front of engineers saying, hey, you need to go do this, and then they come back and be like, dude, this doesn't work the way it's supposed to. I want to know that before they come to me, right? So, um, But then it got to be, now I'm not just an ICE guy as an engineer. Now I have to know the full plethora of our product line for security. When that started happening, I kind of had to back off a little bit because if I'd start trying to learn and get to be an expert on stealth watch and firepower and back to ASAs and all the stuff that I had to do, everything right? is coming, everything. Yeah. You can't do it. And then that next tr- transition really was what you're talking about. Now I, I'm expected to be in front of high profile customers. I'm talking CIOs, CISOs of cities, states, counties, military, federal governments, in my position, I was expected to talk to everybody from federal to sled to even some civilian markets, right? Um, And now I literally don't have the time because I'm so focused on their business. And I knew that. I knew that I had to focus on their business. What is their need? What are we really trying to achieve with this? And I start doing presentations and I start doing the journey map thing as you and I worked on before, right? So, um, what are those business cases that we're trying to do? What's the vision of the company and how are we mapping that to our solutions? And then being okay with once we came up with that map of handing that to someone to go do the solution, right? It's okay now. There's a group of people who are experts and they are working on this stuff every day and they're still hand jamming the keyboard, yep, right? Yep. So we've, we've lined it up for them. We've been successful. Now, how can they go do the work? And it was kind of like, this is the transition. You know, this is... This is what it's going to feel like. So what's the next step? So engineer, architect, working at, you know, at a high level, you know, with all these high level customers, people, people management, people leadership, you know, what, what can I do to have that biggest effect? And it can just kept growing and growing. And I think that's really the story. That's really the timeline that it took over years and years for me to figure out where I'm at today. So yeah, no, great point on all of that stuff. I mean, it, you just have to kind of look at all of it and figure out, where do you want to be? And you might stop somewhere in that ladder. You might say, you know what? This is it for me. I'm happy. This is where I'm at. I'm having an effect. I'm being helpful. I'm adding value. Um, and that's where I'm at. So for you, if you stay there, do you do great at it? And you're going to be, you're going to be good at it. And that's, but you may wake up one morning, 10 years from now and be like, you know what? <laughs> I kind of want the next thing, right? Whatever, you know, you never know. So, yeah. So, so I think, 
you uh, like as a person have to make that decision based on what makes you happy as a total thing in your life. Like it's not just the career. It's what's the situation that you're with your family and your children. If you have children, um, do you have a good work life balance, which we're terminizing that now as work life harmony, right? Are you working yeah. 40 hours a week? Or are you working 90 hours a week? Right. And, and if you're working 90 hours a week, are you happy with that? Right. I mean, you're most likely salary. So you're not getting paid 90 hours a week, right? Like your salary. So, but like, again, like there's, there's positions like that. And if that makes you happy, then great. Um, but it's a total picture. It's a total end to end life like design and, and you have to be okay with it. And then you have to reserve the right to change it when you're not okay. Right. If you're not happy with the situation, you want to progress in your career or you want to do something else. You have to, as a person, reserve that right, in my opinion. Right. Absolutely. No, hundred percent agree. And, and that's, you know, we're here talking about my story and I appreciate it, but there definitely is. Everyone has their own individual, you know, steps in their life and what they want. I know we're getting a little existential here, but <laughs> it really is true. Right. Um, so. All right. So next question, right? So, so for you, and maybe this is, we're going to generalize this too, you know, we're, we talk a lot about skill sets, right? Especially the technical skill sets and whatnot. So as a, a, a people leader, being clear on the wording, I don't want to say manager, right? As a people leader, right? Leading people, what what are you prioritizing now for you as, as skill sets? What are you prioritizing you to learn and, and develop and whatnot? Yeah, I, I think I mentioned most of them before, and it started with empathy and listening, right? Um, trying to understand where people are at at their stage. Right. Um, that's a huge one for me. Now, tactically speaking, there's a lot of stuff I've had to learn. Right. Um, I'm used to, you know, you and I could be asked to jump on a plane and go solve a problem somewhere. That there's a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Some yep. networks down, some something's gone crazy. Um, and we'd hop on a plane and have to pull some Cisco Live presentations and learn the technology we, we weren't great at. Right. Um, so tactically speaking, there's the technical piece of it that, that I'm not doing anymore. So what am I replacing it with? Um, I'm learning the business more. I'm learning more about numbers. Um, I'm actually learning about the sales motions and what happens within the, the business and within the company. Um, and not actually not just with Cisco, just in general. Like, how do other people do it? How do other uh, organizations, right? Um, because it, there may be something out there that I can bring to the table, uh, even within the company that we haven't done or we haven't thought about or we haven't put energy into. Because we do have this motion. We do have direction, great leadership has given us direction on what we're going to do and how we're executing. Um, but maybe something comes out that I've learned from someone else. So uh, um, I'm in a leadership, a new leadership cohort within the company, which is awesome that they provide that to us. Um, I do a lot of, you know, small little leadership and, and, and emotional intelligence and learning about people and back more and more on the psychology side of it, really. That's to be cool. honest with you. I mean, that's exciting. I took psychology back cool. in college. <laughs> yeah, no. And you really, you really, how does the brain work? How do people think? What what are their triggers? What are, what emotionally attaches them to the work? What makes them want to come to work every day? I mean, all of this stuff now. I've, like, I've got 12 folks on the team now, and I've got to figure out every one of them is a different conversation. Yep. I do one-on-ones every week. I'm having those uh, individual conversations with them to figure out where they're at, not only with work, but how far. There's a, there's a gray area, and there's also a line, right? How much can you talk and how much they want to divulge to you. Um because they may not want to divulge anything, but you're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with this person. So <laughs> it, it, I know it sounds kind of weird, right? But there is a there is a mental side of this that you have to start developing um, to be successful. In my opinion, you could I could roll into this job and just do the HR stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I could I could approve time cards and approve expense reports, and check all the boxes. And, and, I, and I could have a successful career, right? For all intents and purposes. For me, that's not success. To me, it's taking those people and making them successful. Let's get them to the next spot. There's a lot more to it than just the check boxes, right? So anyway, that's, that's how I approach it. Uh, I would hope that other people do that for me. And I've been fortunate enough to have leaders um, that I've worked with uh, that have guided me towards that thought process. Right? That's awesome. Um, yeah. Because that's, that's a good leadership thought process, right? Because you care, you care so much about your people you're going to make them successful and you're going to learn about them and, and really tailor their, like their plan. For each yeah, individual but what person, yeah, they're, they're successful. And at the end of the day, um, if someone wants to say, "Hey, Damien, you did a great job," I mean, I'm not looking for the pat on the back, but if that happens, guess what that does for me? 
that improves my chances for my next yep. step or whatever that's going to be. If it's going to be a bigger role, that's my effect that I had on the people. I don't necessarily care about myself and I'm patient enough to find out what's going to happen based on their success. Right. Um, so for me, that's just how I judge it. And, you know, other people have a different focus, a different mentality. Maybe they're motivated by money. Maybe they're motivated by fame. Maybe they're motivated by attention. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's okay too. Again, I'm not judging what other people think, but how I think is a little bit different than, than some. So I'm motivated by people and their success. So, so, um, when I was a, uh, an NCO in, in, in the Marine Corps, um, one of the things that, that we had to do is we had to, when we lead people, lead Marines, at least back then, we, we actually manage their entire life, especially if it's a junior Marine. It's not just like the job. Like we actually manage, we teach them all about finance and how to live and how to manage their life and, and how to, you know, even if they're going to get married, like we have like pre-marry interviews, like no joke. Like we actually like, you have to get approval to get married if you're like pretty, pretty, pretty junior in the military and at least in the Marine Corps and our command. Sure. Um, and so like that would be a huge issue or a huge, that's always been a huge transition for me because I'm so used to being like, okay, what, what's, how's your family doing? Right? Like, how are you doing financially? Asking a lot of these questions. Right. And in, in this world, you kind of can't, right? Like you got to kind of kind of like see how the person is. Not everyone is okay with that, right? Some people love it and they want that. They want that, um, that true leader that's going to help them with everything that they can help them with. And then other people are like, nope, I don't want you knowing anything about my personal life. I just want the job, right? And that's it. Um, and that's okay. And that's, yeah, exactly. And, that's, and you have to be okay with it. Yes. Because there's some people that want to control that situation. And, and you can't. It's perfectly fine. But I've also seen people make the transition, Zig, to not wanting assistance or having that preconceived notion that they've worked for people that are all up in their business and they don't want it. So when I came in as the new leader, they were very standoffish. There was a wall there, right? Defense mechanism, yep. which is fine, right? There, a, lot of, a lot of us have it. It's a fight or flight thing, right? But over time, you know, getting trust and building that relationship with that person, I've seen people open up and then all of a sudden be like, dude, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, we can have these conversations because in, in, in my one-on-ones with people, it's very real. I'm like, you can say anything. There's no judgment here. There's no fear of retribution. It's literally just a conversation between people. And if we could fit work in and make you successful, that's kind of like, Icing on the cake. Yeah, icing on the cake, right? How do you build that trust? <laughs> like, like, what are are there some ways to build that trust? Man, it's uh, I don't know if that's something you can really describe. Okay, it's I was a- just I had to ask <laughs> no, right? because I mean, we build trust with our customers, right? We build trust with business leaders. We build trust on that side, but like, how do you build yeah. trust with someone that you're just starting to lead, right? Like, how do you? It's really hard. It's different for everybody, right? It, it, you know, I, I'll be I'll be the one to say I'm guilty of even in some leadership calls that I have to join of always throwing jokes out and, and being kind of like the happy, you know, let's make everybody laugh. Um, but you know, very well, there's some people in the room who are like, can you be serious for two minutes? Like I am serious, but I'm like trying to get you to loosen up a little bit. Um, and I think it's just something that I do. It's not something that I really thought about. It's just how I feel comfortable with people. Like I, you and I, I think when you and I met, it was kind of like, I don't even think we talked about work that much. It was more about, you know, just trying to get to know each other. Yeah, we and, talked um, about soccer. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Soccer, right. Yeah. It was Orlando city and, and the revolution. Right? So, yeah. Um, but you know, you find that one niche thing that someone can relate to. Right. I think is a good way to think about that. Right. Again, for you and I, it was kind of like, it was soccer for whatever reason. Yeah. We, um, and, and that that's not actually, we don't even talk about soccer much. Anymore. No, we don't no. really talk that much anymore. We're both so busy <laughs> doing stuff. Yeah. So. But you find that one thing with your people, the people that you work with, right? And you, and you, you grab onto it and the trust comes with you holding whatever information they provide to you and, 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 and keeping it private or, um, or when they ask for assistance that you do the best effort you can to find that assistance, right? And cause it may not be me to be able to, I might have to ask my leadership team, my, my chain of command or whatever, um, Hey, can we accommodate this person because of their situation? And I now have to be that translator. If I've done a good job and I've translated that story to the people who need, who have the purse strings, right? And can make that decision. Then that person builds a lot of trust with me. 
even if I'm not successful in doing it, hey, man, this is what we did. Here's the effort we put into it. And they appreciate that. Then they can rely on you to say, hey, look, if something else comes up, I can bring it to you. Right. So that's to me, that's actually a lot more important than even just the work stuff. So that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So we got a couple more questions. All right. And we're going to start wrapping up. So, um, what has worked for you the best in this transition? I know you're, you're in the role for 90 days, roughly, right? Three months, but so far, what has worked the best? What's worked the best, man. Um, communication, honestly. I mean, when I, when I looked at one tactical aspect or one skill set, um, it's communicating with the team. Um, making sure that we're having these real conversations we just talked about um, and, and building that trust. And, and a lot of it, and, and not being very prescriptive about work and not coming in and, you know, saying thou shalt do this, right? Um, if I was in their role, in their shoes as the engineer, I do have my ways about how I would do it. I know how I would approach it, but not really expressing that, right? So yep. communicating in a way of, where I'm doing mostly the 80, 80, 20 rule. We, we, we all talk about the 80, 20 rule. What, um, what can I do 20% of and get 80% effectiveness? Um, really for me, it's 80% listening and 20% talking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, that's probably been the most effective so far outside of just some of the learning that I've had to go through and, and taking small little classes and, and and really listening to my leadership and, and being coachable. That's another huge being one. coachable, um, being coachable, um, not having an ego. Right. I know I'm giving you like three or four, but like all this of important, though. Things this important things that good. I have to work on. Right. Yeah. Being coachable is a huge one. You cannot come into a new leadership role and expect that you're just going to do it. And maybe you can, you know, maybe you have the skill set. Maybe you've got the chops, but you know, humility is a huge thing. And understanding that you still need to learn, right? Now, I'm le- remember, we talked about it. I'm not learning skill sets anymore. I'm not learning technical things. I'm learning about being a leader. And who best to learn that from? From the people who have done it. Yep. And don't have an ego about it, right? So those are those are two huge things. Communication and, and you know, checking your ego at the door. So. Nice. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. So what what is – what last – thoughts, recommendations, comments, would you give everyone that's listening today? Oof, man, we covered quite a bit. Um, and do, do what you feel is right. You know, do, do what's in your heart. Do if you're a technical guy and you want to stay technical, go down that path. Right. Um, but be open to, you know, maturing and, and understanding that I might change my mind one day, you know, one, one, one day down the road, but then having the ability to be able to, to consume all of those things you need to move and take that next step. Right. So, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a huge transition. It's something that, that I, I, I've looked forward to, you know, I've been in a management leadership role before, and I would say 10 years ago, um, I handled things a lot differently. Um, so I've recognized that change and that, that, that progression that I've made. Um, I'm not the same person I am today. And you have to realize that you're going to change. You're going to be different. You're not going to, I'm not motivated like I was before to do different things. I'm motivated by different things now. Um, so you have to be willing to shift and change and, and be flexible. So, you know, in addition to all the other things we've, we've brought up today, I think, you know, that's, that's another, another huge thing is people think about making some sort of transition into leadership nice. and reach out to people. Don't be afraid. One of the biggest, um, Sorry, this is just now coming to me. One of the biggest things I did was I started scheduling one-on-one meetings with our leadership and not just within Cisco, but other people that I knew, right? Um, people I've built relationships awesome. with other customers. Hey, how did I come to work? What did I do that, that made you think of me when I came on the flip side? What are some things that I can improve on? Don't be afraid to ask those questions because believe it or not, I think some people are waiting for people to come to them and ask those questions. Um, to get that feedback. And it means that you're invested, right? Yeah. You're mentally invested, you're physically invested, and you care about what you're doing enough to ask how to improve. Um, so if you can approach that and look for other people, you know, have some humility, be coachable. I think everybody's going to have uh, uh, at least the frame of mind they need to be able to try to make that transition. So 
Hey, Damon, that was awesome, man. I appreciate it. Uh, where can the listeners find you if they want to keep this conversation going? They want to ask you some pointed leadership questions. Where can they find you uh, on the interwebs? Oh man. Um, well, first and foremost, anybody can email me at uh, you know my email address at work. And we'll post that on D A A B R U Z E at Cisco dot com. Um, but everywhere else, it's D Abrazeri. I'm on social media anywhere you can you can find me if you want to find out about some of the cool pictures I take them on IG, but from a, from a um, technical work perspective, LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, so we'll put, put my LinkedIn profile out there and, and you know, Facebook, Instagram. I, I'm a, I'm everywhere. <laughs> You're everywhere. I've actually got a Facebook. I have a Facebook group. That, um, uh, that, you know, we can also post that people can ask questions that I just kind of started up and it's more about uh, mindset innovation, you know, um, yeah. so we can, we can tackle that as well too. So yes, yeah, I'm I'll get all those mostly, from you. And we'll, mostly personal stuff. Yeah. Hey, no, that's good. I'll get all that stuff from you and we'll put them in the show notes so everyone can access, uh, you know, all those links and, and ask you additional questions. I, I think people are going to want to ask additional questions, right? I think there's a lot of people that are, are at this, this kind of fork in the road and they're, they're ready to make a decision. They just don't know what, what's the other side, right? Do I stay technical or do I, do I become a people leader? Right. And I'd be very clear. A leader is very different than a manager. Right. So, and that, that's a very different distinction. So, um, Damon, thank you so much, bud. I appreciate it. Um, it was a great show. Um, I hope you have a good day, man. Thanks. Nah, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me and, uh, good luck to all your listeners. And I look forward to, to hearing from some people. Awesome. Hey friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets, that's going to close out today's episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, where we talked about how you can go from being an architect to a people leader with my good friend Damon Abruzier. Hey, today's show notes will be at zigbits.tech slash 93. I have opened up the doors to my network design course called Designing Network Architectures and Ensuring Business Success. Hey, if you're interested to hear more about my course or are ready to enroll right now, right this minute, visit zigbits.tech DNA. If you want to have live network design conversations right now, join the ZigBits Discord community. There are a ton of highly skilled experts ready to help you with network design questions. Hey, simply go to zigbits.tech/discord to join. It's a 100% free community. If you like today's episode, let us know. You can find more ZigBits network engineering, network design, and network architecture content, including technical podcasts, monthly webinars, YouTube videos, and a dedicated community on Discord. All of this content I just mentioned is free content. Find all of this and much more at zigbits.tech. Follow us on Twitter at ZigBits and find us on LinkedIn. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter, the Network Design Digest, filled with the best network design content in network engineering at zigbits.tech slash newsletter. As always, I appreciate you and thank you for listening. Don't forget to attack your goals, attack the day, attack your life, and make progress, my friends. Until next time, bye for now.